0: Good morning, good morning, good morning everybody And welcome to Your Mind, Your Body, Your Choice With me, Sonya McQueen You know, last week's broadcast or podcast Was very unexpected for me I had planned on speaking about adoption again The second part of um, a conversation I had with a young lady And I woke up I think I told everybody I had an hour and a half sleep. I went to bed at 10.30, woke up at midnight, could not go back to sleep. My, my mind would not stop thinking about my own story, which I shared with all of you, just a little bit of it, just a little bit. But that little bit of sharing opened floodgates. When I tell you, I receive so many messages about abuse mental, physical, spiritual, financial, uh, emotional, all the abuses. It was just unbelievable. On top of that, I received, um, and it falls into abuse, everything's abuse, Um, adoption, stories, um, parents trying to kill their own children, human trafficking. It was heavy Uh, kids jumping on their own parents you know um, losing the ability to be a parent and you're more like the child and your child takes over and thinks they're your parent it was amazing the plethora of comments and stories I received now let me say this every story was from somebody at least 36 years old I did not get a single story from a young person a teenager a young adult these are all grown people and it goes to show you just because you get older it does not mean what you faced as a child disappears. It's not like you wake up one day and you say, wow, I'm 36. (laughs) Whatever happened to me from age 2 to 15 is null and void now. I'm an adult. I got to get past that. Move on. Start my life this way. It's not that easy. Me and my husband were having a conversation and and we were both in agreement that... When you don't seek help, and even sometimes if you do, if you don't get the right kind of help, but when you don't seek that counseling, that, that, that spiritual guidance, whatever it is you need to face what you went through as a child, either A, it's going to become generational, you're going to raise your children in kind, you're going to show them the same kind of abuse and not not on purpose. It's not like, yeah, I've been through it so now I'm gonna give it to you. But it's because you don't know any better. And even when you try to fight those demons, they stay on you. And and you you just end up treating your kids the same way. It's all you know. B it'll drive you to some kind of outsourced alcohol drugs sexual abuse it'll drive you to something that you can't fight your own demons they'll follow you C I had a story about somebody whose brother committed suicide because of what they went through D you try to sweep it under the rug and act like it never happened but you have outbursts In other ways you just never know how any kind of abuse or any kind of improper child rearing leads you to being the adult you are today now it's so funny because um, and it's not funny but it's funny my husband and I will share stories and a lot of the stories he shares are funny and they're loving Um, Funnies about his father and him spending time together. Stories about his mother, you know, and and the family and his siblings and his cousins. And my husband, unlike me, grew up in one place, Miami. Miami, Florida. He lived in the hood. He was raised in the hood. When I met him, he was in the hood. We're not in the hood anymore because I don't know anything about the hood and I probably would have been killed the first week or two trying to be in the hood, but being the suburban self I am, um, it, it wouldn't have worked out for me. So yeah, we don't live in the hood. But my husband grew up, you know, in a way where maybe some things were more tolerable for him than it would have been for me. Um, he's seen a lot more than I could have imagined, even as an adult. But it's normal to him. What's normal to one person isn't normal to another. Case and example. um, Somebody I know. Seen somebody shot right in front of them. Brain everywhere. They were shot and killed. I could not imagine seeing that. And being a functional adult. I I couldn't imagine seeing that now I was in the military 15 years never I was called the desert storm but never was in the war you know I never had to pick up my m16 and shoot at people I never was in a zone where I seen people coming in with missing limbs or bleeding profusely or hurt none of that the worst I ever seen were some club fights that I probably was a part of that's it so, to actually see somebody murdered in front of me probably would have added on to what ails me now in my adulthood for my childhood. I, I just can't fathom, you know, um, seeing somebody murdered and, and seeing their head just splattered all over the place. But the person who shared the story with me Shared it with me like they were saying Hey, you want to go to Houston's for dinner tonight? You want to go to Martin's? You know, it, it was just a normal story to them And I was appalled My mouth all open And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God And they're like, what? So, the way you're raised Also leads to what you can deal with As you get older you know, it, one, one time seeing something like that for me would have reared my childhood in a totally different way. I, I would have been traumatized, but they weren't traumatized because it was just a day in the life of where I live and what I see on a daily basis. And it made their skin thicker. You know, they, they, they can tolerate so much more and, and they can see and hear so much more than I could ever imagine. And let me also add, no child should see somebody's head splattered all over anything, at any point. But that's the way it is. That's just the way it is. Um, my childhood, we lived in a trailer. Once my mom and dad divorced when I was five, we moved into a trailer. and We lived in a trailer park. Um, most of my childhood until I had to go stay with my dad I went from a trailer park to a very huge house with you know a library and and a pool table and a huge backyard and trampolines and, and barbecue and this and that things I just I thought we were rich you know living with my dad I thought he was rich and my mom wasn't I also didn't know I grew up poor because my mom made sure I had. I I probably had more clothes than anybody in the school. I remember going to school with cummerbunds on and bow ties. I was one of those different kids, and I still am. I never followed what other people did, which is why I said in the last podcast, I went with a friend so she can get a pregnancy test. She got condoms, and I didn't judge her for it. It just wasn't the way I wanted to go in my life. I had another friend who was pregnant and hid her pregnancy till the day she had her baby. To this day, I would never judge her for it even though I wasn't there. That's just the way her life went. It's not the way my life went. You know, I had different stories. I I just had different circumstances, different outcomes. I'm different today because of what I went through. And my daughter, my oldest daughter, you know, she's back in school. She's already, um, she works at a hospital as a nurse and she's getting a higher education. My son that I gave up for adoption. He's still in school at age 28. I think he's getting his second master's or a second degree and he's got a master's. He's just, I asked him, was this gonna be it? He says yes, but we'll see. And my youngest, she's a, a, she was a teacher for a while in this school. She's now a paraprofessional in the same school and hoping to be a teacher again. So I'm proud um, of where their lives are going. You know, it took me a minute. Let me, let me say this, because I honestly had no idea what I was going to speak about today. I just felt led to get on this microphone and start running my mouth. Um, but let me say this. If you have a child that's not going right, and you know you've done everything you could, and I don't mean... You're partying, you're having a good time, you're cussing, you're acting a fool, you're getting high, you're doing this, and then you're shocked when your child acts out. (laughs) Just because you tell your kid, I've said this a million times, parents will say, do as I say, do as I say, but your child's going to generally do as you do. So if you're doing all these bad things, but you expect your child to listen to you when you say don't do all this. Chances are they're not going to listen. It looks like you're having a good time. You're the adult. I see my mom smoking crack. I might end up smoking crack. I see my mom drinking every single night. No matter what characteristics it brings out. Violence. Cursing. Fighting. Love. More affectionate. I might end up doing the same thing. The difference is, it might not bring out the same characteristics. Me smoking weed, you know, the street weed, I don't mean the, the whatever that is they sell in the stores now. That street weed is different. I remember I, I had a friend, Joe. She smoked every single day just about, and all it did was mellowed her out. These smokers today seem to be violent and addicted to it And and all kinds of stuff I don't know what they're smoking these days But you better be careful Because as I understand, I don't smoke I don't smoke anything But as I understand, they they put all kinds of stuff in weed these days It's just not stuff they've picked from a field I'm assuming that's where weed comes from But anyway Your kids might pick up all those bad characteristics you have So my advice is to start looking at your demons now so that you can show your kids how to not only not be like this, but how to overcome. I am very forthcoming with my kids, even though they're adults now, but I've always been very forthcoming with them. And I tell them the mistakes I made, and I tell them where I went wrong. I will fuss. And sometimes I will say, and I know because I've done this before. I've done this before. Don't go down that road because this is what it led me to do. And this is how it led me to be. Now I used to, um, I'm going to tell you guys a quick story. So I don't remember a lot of my childhood for some reason. I, I just have blocked it out. But a friend of mine was telling me when I was wrote, wrote my second book that, yeah, you don't remember... This girl, she used to bully, you know, talk crazy to you. And and you, you wouldn't say anything. So I was shocked that you could fight so well. You know, you fight like a dude. And why didn't you ever do anything about that? I'm not going to lie, I don't really remember this. I don't remember. So I brought it up to my family. And my brothers were like, yeah, you being bullied? No, they didn't remember that. But my mother told me. I came home from school one day, and I said, there's this girl, and her and I used to be best friends, apparently. And um, I told her now, we're not friends, and she makes all these comments when I get on the bus, you know, how um, the same things my stepmom would say, you know, Mm -hmm. ugly, and, and, and talk about my teeth, and this and that, and try to get laughs all the time, and I wouldn't say anything back. And my mom said, it wasn't that I was scared. It was because my mother had told me that she goes through a lot at home. And she had a sick parent, a very sick parent who was dying. And my mother asked me to please just ignore it. Well, my mom probably didn't say please, but she told me to ignore it. And it would eventually stop. But my mother also told me, but if she puts her hands on you, you do what you gotta do. Well, apparently she never put her hands on me because I never did what I had to do. Now, I'm gonna be honest, I honestly don't remember these things, but other people do, and I don't remember who it was, but it's amazing how I was able to control myself because my mother asked me to back then when I got older when people pushed my buttons and pushed my buttons and pushed my buttons I was still able to control myself unless they put their hands on me they could talk all they want call me every name in the book, yell and scream I don't raise my voice I can't tell you a person in my family I've ever heard yell, scream going off, cursing we get calmer and we get calmer until we're not calm anymore. But you could say whatever you wanted. But once you put your hands on me, all bets are off. And I'm positive it all comes from my mother telling me no matter what somebody says to you, they can be saying, any, they can be in your face, calling you every ugly name you can think of. All they're doing is moving wind that's it let them move the wind around but if they touch you even on your shoulder you handle your business you do what you gotta do that that stayed with me it stayed with me though in a way where Maybe and I'm not saying I'm right or wrong But maybe I should have said something back It doesn't have to be vicious But just saying something back Because what happens is For those people who felt like they were You know They got victory In talking crazy to me And then we go our separate ways And I don't say anything And then it happens again With somebody else And they feel like they have victory By, that, by the time I got to that third person and they talk crazy to me and then they must have thought I was scared or something because I don't say anything back and they mush me in my forehead or push me a little bit I would always end up in jail because they would be hurt so badly that charges would be pressed against me and it was all that built up anger coming out at that moment and um I had to learn even with that to not let things just build up in me until I exploded. But I'm sure that came from my childhood. I see my oldest brother get hit with a bat and it didn't phase him. He turned around, took that bat, broke it and beat the brakes off of that person. I've seen him going after somebody who locked themselves in their car and he punched through the car window. To get that person. So we have this this super strength when we get mad that I kinda sometimes used to wish it didn't exist. Now I know, you know, I'm 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 fifty ish and I know how to control myself much better. Am I still to the point where I can control myself a hundred percent all the time? No. No. But that's also why it's easier for me just to walk away from people until so that they don't bring out. A negative side of me. Now, I'm saying all this today for some reason or for somebody to show them that some of the things that you do even as a 30 year old, 40 year old, 50 year old, 60 year old, 70 year old, 80 year old, 90 year old was embedded in you from your two year old, you being a three year old, a five year old, a 10 year old, a 12 year old, 14 year old, 17 year old, a 20 year old, embedded in you and however you feel I don't care how old you are you're never too old to make a change for the better you're never too old to know you don't have to have the last word somebody else can have the last word you're never too old to say you know what I'm wrong I apologize You're never too old to say, I'm sorry for what I did to you two decades ago. I didn't even realize how wrong I was until today. And I'm sorry. You're never too old to make those changes. Because believe it or not, a simple I'm sorry could mean the world to somebody else. Do you forgive me? And something else I'm, <laughs> I have done more than once And it's okay to do it When somebody says oh, I apologize But you know they don't really mean it Or it's really not from their heart or However you feel It's okay to say I don't accept your apology I've done that I've done that and somebody listening today Has probably heard me say that Yeah I don't accept your apology I don't accept it And I don't say it to be vicious. I say it because I know you don't even mean it. You're saying it because you feel like, "Uh uh-oh, I've made her mad. Let me go apologize. Or, "Uh uh-oh, she might go tell on me to the boss, so let me go apologize. Yeah, I'm not that type of person. Don't ever tell me something you don't mean. Don't lie to me. When I was younger, I used to lie all the time, and I don't know why, I lied about everything. I lied about where I was from when I moved to uh, Colorado. I lied about uh, what I used to do. I lied about so many things for no reason other than, I want to say attention, but I've never really liked attention, so I don't know why I did it. If it was just embedded in me, but eventually I stopped lying. And then I became too honest. As my husband says, I'm brutally honest. I don't think I'm brutal. But I am honest. So, let me conclude by saying this. It's never too late to turn around your situation. It might not be stellar. It might not end up being, you know, kumbaya afterwards. But it'll help your heart. Not holding on to anger in past wrongs prolongs your life. You can look it up. There's so many diseases heart disease, hypertension, um, that are caused by anxiety and anger and, and just, you know, being unhappy. Let me also say, Say things out of sincerity. Be sincere when you say things, when you apologize, when you talk to your kids, when when you tell your kids, you know, I, I've been wrong. It's okay. There's no shame in letting your kids know you're human. There's no shame in it. I was talking to my daughter about money and saving money and doing better with money. And, you know, she was talking about what me and my husband have in our account. And I told her, yeah, don't look at that. Let me tell you, when I was your age, I lived paycheck to paycheck, and sometimes I would have to get a loan in between, and not because my bills were always so high, because I didn't manage money well. I didn't. I remember more times than one that one of my brothers or my dad financially helped me. I even remember my mother having to bail me out of jail once because I didn't have the money to do it myself. I don't think I had a nickel. And I was a mother. So, you know, I, I tried to, even as kids, I would sit down and talk about finances with them. And it wasn't that I was on top of everything. I just know what I went through and I did not want them to go through the same things. And I would explain to them, yeah, you know, you were, you were we had food and we always had shelter and we always had this and you always had that and this and that. But it was a struggle for me. It was a struggle because... I never learned about finances I never nobody ever sat down to me and talked to me about money I didn't take any accounting classes even in college I took accounting I did excellent in school but I still didn't really grasp the importance of my credit score my FICA score putting money aside doing these things I didn't grasp it so I didn't do it the last thing I want to say is Which goes back to when I just a few minutes ago said let me in by saying um, When somebody makes a change for the better Do not constantly remind them of where they used to be That is so annoying And don't hold them against what they used to do I'm going to give you a great example when I was in my late teens, like I said earlier, I wasn't always honest. Well, I started becoming a more honest person in my late teens. But my mid to early teens, I lied a lot. And in my early 20s, I was horribly financially drowning. I didn't make that much money, but I made enough to take care of what I wanted, what I needed Not wanted, needed to take care of, but I wanted to go out. So that meant I had to have new clothes, which meant I had to have money to buy a drink in the club if, you know, some guy wasn't going to buy all my drinks. Which meant also I needed, you know, maybe gas money. I've never been into makeup or getting my hair or nails done, so that was out, but I still needed club stuff. Right? Very immature. That's immature thinking. As a mom, especially, because I had my first child at 21, but I still, you know, I wanted the club. So I would have to ask my father for a few dollars here or there, and he would just send me money sometimes. Now I'm in my 50s. That all went out of the window in my mid-20s. In my mid-20s. Not to say I didn't stop struggling. I did. I just stopped asking. I started doing hair five days a week on top of having a job. Five days a week. You know I did what I had to do. To make sure my kids had what they needed. And I did stop clubbing. Clubbing wasn't my thing. Um, anymore. I still love to dance. But I stopped clubbing. I would go out every once in a while. My kids just became my my, my focus. And it was probably all based on me. Giving up my son. It, it just did something to me. It made a major change in my life at 23. But to this day. I still hear from various people in my family, oh, you you, you, you do all right now? Oh, wow, because I'm shocked. How are you shocked? You're talking about stuff I did three decades ago. People change. They grow up. Do not hold people against what they used to do. I have heard so many things about myself that aren't even true for my own family. I was on crack. That was the excuse they used because I gave up a child for adoption. I couldn't be in my right mind and sober and all that. I had to be on drugs, so the drug they gave me was crack. I wouldn't even know crack if it fell on my lap right now. I wouldn't know it. But I still have people in my family who believe I used to be on crack because that's the rumor. You know, I I had somebody who said to me last year, What do you do? What do you mean, what do I do? I mean, do you work? I was like, yeah, I'm I'm the chief compliance officer for a company. Is that right? Oh, I'm, I'm shocked. Okay, well, it looks like you're turning your life around. I couldn't do anything but burst out laughing. I didn't even say, well, before this job, I was the director at the Department of Health over communicable infectious diseases and... I can tell you anything about any disease, you know, and I'm educated. I'm smart, sir. (laughs) Not only am I smart, I do well. And I don't live above my means. And I have great kids. And I'm married. And I have an excellent husband who does well, who's smart. And he runs stuff. He has his own business and he works for another business. He's a go-getter. I keep telling them, you got two jobs. I'm quitting mine. And I've written two books. And (laughs) I used to write for three different magazines. And I have my own magazine. And where have you been since I turned 24? Because if you want to think about what I did for a couple of years when I was younger. And that's what you want to hold me to. You're very small minded. Do not do people like that. Do not hold them What they were once upon a time Look at where they are now And congratulate them You can even say that out loud I'm so proud of you I'm so proud of you Look at what you've accomplished I'm so proud of you Good job Not oh my god I'm shocked Oh my god You were the worst kid in the world man You were so bad Yeah I'm shocked I never thought you'd amount to anything That is so hurtful. And I don't care how old somebody is. You never know mentally what that can do to somebody emotionally. Now you're thinking, man, I'm doing all these great things and nobody still believes in me. What's the use? It depends on how strong that person is. I'm a strong person. I'm going to show my God. I don't have anything to prove to you, I have grandkids. I have kids. I'm going to do the right things in my life. And I do it for the betterment of my family, not, and I mean my immediate family. I mean my kids, my stepkids, who I call my kids, my grandkids, my husband not for the people who remember the 17 18 19 20 21 22 and apparently cracked out 23 year old Sonya. all right so please uh to recap just treat people the way you want to be treated it's such a simple simple thing to say but it's a very hard thing for so many people to do they like to be judged Excuse me, they like to judge but they don't like to be judged.